Welcome to Checking In, a weekly podcast from Hotel Owner, the UK's trusted source of hotel industry news and analysis. Each week we meet a new guest and learn their story, all the highs and lows, triumphs and disasters they've faced and how they got through to the other side. If you like the podcast, make sure to subscribe on whichever podcast platform you listen to. To get more industry insight, head to hotelowner.co.uk and subscribe for unlimited access. If you're interested in sponsoring episodes of the podcast, drop us a line at podcast at hotelowner.co.uk. Hello, my name is Lewis and I'll be the host of this episode. Today, I'm joined by Dan Sutton, head of hotels at Roadchef. We spoke about Dan's unique journey from launching Thought Park's first accommodation offering, transitioning from food and beverage, and the key to Roadchef's strong relationship with Wyndham Hotels. So Dan, thanks for joining us. Um, I wanted to start by covering how you kind of got into the industry. I know it's maybe not as conventional as others, but by starting in, in F&B, but if you could just talk me through that. I uh, Thanks for having me. Um, I started um, my career, I suppose, with Merlin Entertainments Group, who are best known for visitor attractions, theme parks uh, globally. I left Warwick University back in 2009, a lot of my friends on a general business management degree were moving into professional services into the city and it was just not something I found attractive in any way, shape or form and really struggled for a while to, to think what was right for me until one week I got an email from Milk Round or whatever it was back then advertising the graduate scheme for Merlin and it was so different and so interesting that I thought I've got to have a look at this. Um, I, I, I grew up in, in Warwick and Leamington in sort of a stone's throw from Warwick Castle, which is one of uh, one of Merlin's attractions. Having never worked there, not really spent a lot of time there, despite it being yeah, on the on the doorstep. Started through the, 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 the recruitment process for that and really found that it was a, a business that was really exciting. Fun was at the heart of everything that was done. It was all about guests and experience. And, and I got the bug, I suppose. Um, I spent two years on their graduate training scheme moving around the business in real real world jobs. It wasn't a graduate scheme where you shadowed somebody for a period of time and then moved on and never really accomplished anything. It was vacant roles that were probably earmarked for uh, for graduates, but um, really really found my feet in it and and and, and felt at home, I suppose. Um, it's always nice working in in a business where fun is put at the heart of, of what what you do and, and fun for others especially. It was it was a really great place to be. Um, I left the graduate scheme with um, a real good rounding, mainly in, in UK attractions, uh, mainly theme parks, spent time at uh, Chessington World Adventures, Alton Towers, uh, spent a, a period in, in Blackpool um, in, a, in a variety of attractions up there and then uh, finished off down at, um, at Alton Towers again. Um, and then took on a sort of a real job, a real world job, I suppose, after the graduate scheme um, in food and beverage, so quick service um, F&B at Alton Towers. It was a period when Merlin were looking to take in-house a lot of the big brands. So it was at a time when Pizza Hut, KFC, Burger King were all operating um, on Merlin sites and there was an, a strategic intention to to take that back. We felt that we could do it ourselves in a in a similar enough way to um, to, to make make it work. That was really exciting. We started with um, KFC at Alton Towers, uh, took that out and put in our own fried chicken company, um, <laughs> bit of a rip off but it but it worked um and that was that was the first that we'd had globally and a lot of project work in setting that up um operating it developing it um and it's now you know across the world and in, in a lot of um, a lot of attractions 
in a slightly different guise, because clearly what, what works for, for the UK market doesn't necessarily work when you translate it across to, um, across to America or into Europe. Um, that evolved into doing the same with Burger King. So at one point, I think we had at Alton Towers the, Euro, the largest Burger King in Europe. Um, it was an absolute monster that we converted into um, the Burger Kitchen. <laughs> uh, similar, similar brand, similar menu, probably a, a bit closer to McDonald's than Burger King with the, the technology and the, the equipment used. But again, a real, really interesting project to get into. Um, made a, a reasonable success of that and that they're still operating today. Again, they've, they've branched out into other other attractions around the world. Um, and having had quite a lot of success in the sort of the capital development stuff at, at Merlin, I then went into hotels. Um, it was a fairly natural progression, I suppose, in, in, in some respects, but it was great to to have had the recognition from the food stuff. We then set up the uh, the hotel at Thorpe Park, so that was the probably the only theme park attraction that didn't have a hotel a big strategic intent at the time to drive single day visits into multi-night um stays and clearly you need a hotel to do that um and we set up a a, a 90 bedroom hotel out of shipping containers which was different really interesting and had some unique challenges i suppose with the nature of the accommodation there but um a really big challenge and, and my first real kind of foray into hotels with great support around me because you know the hotel's Business was well established in Merlin at the time, but um, that's slightly kind of tweaked now. It's cabins rather than hotels. I think we we suffered a little bit from guest expectation when you put the name hotel on it in something that was effectively a metal box. It was well delivered. It's you know it's a, a proposition that works pretty well in event spaces and um, temporary uh, temporary accommodation. But to have something permanent was was um, yeah a real challenge, but but a really exciting one. And, and we had some some great times with that and. You know, we we converted the place into a nightclub for 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 a few nights a year and did some did some really cool things with it. Um, and then moved on from um, from Thorpe Park and went to Chesson to World Adventures and and ran the hotels there as head of operations, which are probably the closest things to kind of proper hotels that Merlin have. They're, it was an old Holiday Inn that had been kind of taken back and, and rebranded as as um, the Safari Hotel, and then we built a second one on the side. And then a glamping village went on seasonally in, in a field in the theme park. So um, that had conference and events and you know, normal stuff as well. But but again, very, very leisure focused. There was a, a reasonable amount of corporate that came and, and went. But um, but yeah, that was that was sort of the, the other end of the, the hotel experience was from from Thorpe to um, to Chessington. But had a great time with Merlin, really, really enjoyed it. It's a great business, really, really good business. But um, kind of got to the end of sort of nine or 10 years and felt that I, I needed a change. I needed something different. And one day got the call from a recruiter who was recruiting into um, marinas, marine leisure. Um, and it was perfect. They were looking for somebody who had a general hospitality background. I was looking for something that was um, different. And, uh, and yeah, the, the rest was history. I suppose I spent three years with, with MDL marinas, um, a premium operator in that space. And, Whilst you know UK marinas are are very different in a lot of ways to what you might imagine of Cannes or you know the, the Mediterranean, it's it's still a space that requires premium operations, high quality service, um, and you know it's it's a, an environment that needs real safety focus because there are things that big things that move and and it can be quite dangerous if if you get things wrong. So a lot of transferability into that, and and I hope I added quite a lot of value in bringing my hospitality experience into that business. Um, but kind of missed the real, the real hospitality stuff, the, the true hospitality. And then got another call one day from, um, from Roadchef, uh, and 
and I've been there for the last sort of three and a half, nearly four years. I um, I took over the head of hotels role sort of in the middle of COVID, which looking back was, yeah, a memory or lots of memories that are a bit repressed really because <laughs> um, for, for the three months of notice period, I expected a call every Monday mornings, you know, having a, an adult conversation about the fact that the world has changed and and the job didn't exist anymore. But Roadchef were, were fantastic with me and, and lots of others at the time, you know, people were put at the absolute heart of the way that the company worked through COVID. Um, and, you know, my first job was to close one of our hotels. We had seven, 17 hotels in the business. Two of them were operating at the time for key workers and one really wasn't kind of hitting the strap. So we closed that one and had for a long period of time, just one hotel. Um, and since then, it's been a, been a bit of a whirlwind, really. I suppose for everybody in the business, it's we've gone from famine to feast and it's been a you know great kind of summer of a couple of summers of rebound and and we've got some really exciting things on the um on the horizon but that's my career in a nutshell mm. i don't think there's many people that could say kind of their first foray into accommodation being an accommodation provider would be launching the first kind of site at where they're at what was that like and kind of what did you kind of learn from that i know you said you were guided by other people in the Merlin uh, and business. But yeah, what was that experience like? Yeah, the, it, you know, accommodation was very well established in Merlin at the time. Um, you know, hotels are pretty much all of the attractions that, that required them and Thought Park was the one that didn't have it. Um, because it was so different, I suppose it was, you know, it was, we, we had the autonomy to find our own way through it. There were some things that were, I suppose, what you would probably call brand standard, but really the the proposition was so unique that you had to... You had to find your own feet. And that was great. I loved that space to to set up what we thought was right, what we thought was right for the guest, what we thought was right for, for the operation. Um, and you had kind of, because it was so different, um, you had that license to to make it unique. And, and that's kind of the, the premise of all of the accommodations, that it is unique, you know, wherever you stay, whilst, of course, the experience is really important. You know, it's high value, high value stays, and, um, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not at the budget end of the of the spectrum so you've got to deliver a really a really high quality guest experience and one that matches the brand of the the attraction and thought park was and still is very much about thrill seeking it's about um young people enjoying themselves on big roller coasters high adrenaline um and an accommodation proposition alongside that wasn't really about the accommodation it was about giving you more of the theme park come and stay longer enjoy the theme park later enjoy it early we gave special access to to guests it was it was value add how can we actually <laughs> make you spend as little time in your room as possible because the room is very functional it's there to to um deliver a, a two-day stay but really we want you to get your head down sleep get up again do it all over again and, and have a great time in in bars in restaurants partying enjoying the the rides and um so the accommodation bit was actually the kind of the easiest bit really it's a very small space it's functional it's there to be you know clean and and well equipped for what you need but it's not about a luxurious stay where you're spending hours and hours in the room. So um, slightly different mentality, but I think we, um, yeah, we delivered a, a really good product and, and one that's still, still operating today. I guess as well, being there from the, from the start of it as well, you get a unique kind of viewpoint of why things work and a kind of the, the reasoning behind it as well from that aspect. You were there kind of at the conception of seeing it come in. So you, perhaps, you know, if you were coming in later, as you know, maybe with just an F and B role or, or you know, hotel manager, obviously you get up to speed, but you're not going to be there at the conception of, okay, we've put this here, we've designed this in a certain way for these specific reasons. I guess that gives a better overview of, you know, how it comes together than 
you know, coming in at a later date, basically. Yeah, and, and that's a really exciting place to be. It's the same with the, you know, the, the restaurant stuff, um, with the, the hotel at Thorpe and what we're doing now with, uh, with, with Roadchef, that um, little tweaks, review, see what works, change again, and that, that environment of... Uh, it, it's really exciting, I find it, because you, you, know, you spot problems, you deal with them, you move on. It's not like you've, you're inheriting stuff that's been you know, legacy for years and years and years and, and having to deal with change really slowly. This is a really high-paced, dynamic environment, and that I find that really, yeah, really exciting. Um, some of our listeners might be in a, a similar situation to you. Um, how did you find that transition from F&B and into hotels? What were the transferable skills? Was there a steep learning curve? Not so steep? They're, I guess they're quite related. So how, how was that? Yeah, they are. Um, I suppose at the heart of them, they're about people. They're about the team that you've got around you and making the most of their their skills and experiences and um uh, and and that is the same whatever you do in in hospitality and and broader um tools and equipment is really important for for operations and i think that you know whether it's in kitchens or in in front of house ex- environments or in hotels making sure your people have the stuff they need is fundamental um safety is is again very important in in certain stuff we've done in the past so that's very transferable i suppose the big difference is in the performance metrics that you have in a hotel that you know there's data everywhere and and if you're not familiar with some of the key performance metrics in, in a hotel you don't have those in in fmb in the same way maybe but um getting to grips with getting to grips with the PL, getting to grips with the way that you revenue manage those were probably the biggest ones but a lot of it i suppose is is transferable but again it's getting the right people around you and that's always been the way that i've worked i've never really been an expert um yeah as you say it's a very unique cv one that has jumped around a bit but I suppose that's what I found interesting is being a generalist and finding the experts in a field to to bounce ideas off or ask sometimes really stupid questions um, and and learn as you go. But but being able to apply that level of shrewdness, I suppose, to things and and assess critically what you're hearing, what you're being told, what you're reading, what you're seeing, and um, and bounce off those around you. I guess as well, if you say you know, not necessarily being a specialist in one thing or another, it allows you now in your role today and and the roles after that that you know you can look at it from a macro perspective and know what to manage rather than if you were you know intensely with a certain role background, you your your experience or um, kind of uh, instincts might be framed in that kind of, of way. But you know, having a, a more broader sense allows you to I guess adapt as well and know what works and what doesn't yeah I, I think i've always tried to find the balance between as you put it being macro and stepping back and having your eyes on a business and being really hands-on and, and and being right in there with the team and i think the balance for that is 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 right some of the best people i've worked with do that really well and know when to be with you in, and in the on the coal face and and also when to give you the space to um to, to find your own feet and, and make your own uh, impact. But but you're right. I mean, there's there's no right or wrong to a lot of this. It's, you know, we're all, from a hospitality perspective, we're all guests, we're all customers. We we do that for for, for two of our seven days, maybe. Um, and it's just applying that in a way that you, I suppose you would want to be treated and, and you would you would want as a customer. You mentioned there about those people that just kind of are good at stepping back and, you know, finding the right moment. Do you think that's, like an inherent skill that people have or can it be kind of learned and, and taught putting on the spot? I don't know. I, I, I suppose throughout everybody's careers in whatever field, you remember the people who who were really good at things. And I suppose there's always a way of learning. Of course there is. But I think I think there is a, um, 
I suppose it's a personality to agree to a degree how how much control you want how how much you want to be in a business and and there's no right or wrong I suppose um I found what is right and wrong for me knowing the way that I operate and you see that of of others that you work with too as to what works for them but um yeah I suppose we all take a a piece of people who we work with forward and whether in the good or the bad you know you look at things that people do that don't work for you and you think crikey I I'll really try to avoid being that type of person or work in that style. But um, I suppose one of the big things about management in, in, in leadership, in my view, is it's got to be authentic. It's got to be who you are and what you're about. And I've had times in my career where I've tried to do something different because I thought it was what I needed to do and it's really not worked because it wasn't me and it wasn't what's, what's right for me. So yeah, authenticity in leadership is really important. Was there a certain individual early on that you kind of took some of those lessons from or, or maybe an aspect or is it just uh, along the way there's been multiple? Yeah, I, I suppose in the formative years of your career, you're much more open to people making an impact on you. And there are certainly individuals in the Merlin business who um, I keep in touch with and, and look to for um for a steer sometimes. And and yeah, absolutely, that they, they, they are there. I suppose as you as you develop your career you you get exposed to more people the volume of people that you work with with grows and I suppose therefore the the proportion that they have the ability to impact you decreases but I suppose you it's you could call it fortune or or not but being around the right people or good people at the start of your career I think has a really really positive impact Mm. and all of those um experiences that you've had roles that you've had They've all had one thing in common, that being maybe a, an unconventional location or um, kind of offering. They're entertainment-based or, you know, marinas. Um, what do you think, how, how does that differ to a traditional hotel setting? And and is there much of a difference? <laughs> Having never done it, I don't know. <laughs> uh, but it's it totally uh, um, unintended. It wasn't, I've, I've never really had a career plan and I've been really... Um, keen to not have one in a way because I think that there's a risk for some people not all maybe but that you you don't look at the the wider opportunities that exist and if you're really focused on um, a specific job in the future you maybe have the blinkers on a little bit and I certainly wouldn't have ever thought about going and working in a in a marine leisure business but the 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 things it it did for me and and hopefully the things I did for them were um were great you know it was a first sort of national role it was it was it was a big business. It it had some things that I would never have experienced if I'd have stayed in normal traditional hotels or or you know, something similar to what I was doing previously. So um, yeah, I, I I don't know what I would be if if I hadn't have had those experiences. But I suppose it's always been about finding something that lights a bit of a fire in you and excites you. Because certainly for me, if I'm not excited by something, then um, it, it certainly doesn't bring the best out of me. Mm. And now moving on to your role today at Road Chef, um, can you just tell us a bit more about that? What are kind of the day-to-day responsibilities? Um, obviously, I guess you don't have an average day, but um, what what are those kind of responsibilities like, and how have you found it? Um, it's a great role, and um, there may be some people listening that think Road Chef, motorway service areas. You know, it's not necessarily the place that young children wake up in the morning and say to mum and dad, oh, "I can't wait to grow up and work <laughs> in motorway service areas." But I can tell you, it is a, a an industry and certainly a business that is really, really exciting. I've loved every minute of that that sort of three and a half years. So um, the head of hotels role is responsible for 17 hotels across our portfolio. We have 30 locations and 17 of them have roadside hotels. 
Um, for about 15 years, we've worked with Wyndham Hotels and Resorts. Um, we franchised the Days in brand at, at 16 of them. Currently, it was 17 up until um, early this year. Roadside accommodation is is a really interesting space. I think it's it's one where um, we feel we can add some value to and 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 grow our proposition. Um, the Days in business that we've operated for 15 years is great and is is a really functional, convenient, great value brand that. I think everybody knows and and loves to a degree. Um, it's not for everybody, except that, and you know it works really well for people certainly who are on the road, travelling up and down the motorways, like me, I suppose. And to half answer, what does a typical day look like? It's often spent in the car, living out of a bag, and um, you know we we have sites as far north as um, Hamilton, just south of Glasgow, as far southwest as Taunton, as far southeast as Maidstone. So, you know, thirty thousand miles a year, and and getting to see lots of of really um really cool people is is a, a big part of the job um but i suppose the the role is mainly about development and future strategy and how we uh, how we prepare ourselves for the future we work very very closely with Wyndham. they're a great a great franchisor um really supportive they give us a great amount of space to develop our own operating model um it's not like a lot of franchisors where um you know everything is controlled by the brand we have a great amount of freedom to do what we think is best for our our guests and, and, and our locations which is which is really empowering um and most recently we've been working on a project as as you kind of reported on um a few months ago to launch the super eight brand in the uk so um Wyndham has a, a whole feast of brands across the the globe you'll listeners will know of, of days in and ramada in the uk and and super eight is is a brand that we have brought to the uk with with Wyndham. we've worked very collaboratively with them over the past couple of years to to bring an idea to life really and, and we've we've felt for some time that there's an opportunity to improve the roadside accommodation um offer it's very lodge focused at the moment it's very much about functional convenient good value accommodation but we think that there's an opportunity to do something in Certain locations, maybe not all, we'll see, um, to, uh, to to grow that offer and put in something that is really fit for the future of roadside travel. And, and Roadchef is a business that is, um, you know, at the forefront of the electrification of the highway. We are we are front and centre with electric vehicles, their their charging patterns, and and what will have to be for the future of of, of EVs. How we weave in a hotel proposition to that is is really exciting so um super eight is a brand that is you know Wyndham would call the the, the world's largest economy brand there are about 2700 hotels globally a lot of those focused in north america and china um some in in germany which we went and visited as part of the process to bring it to the uk but we've launched um a proposition alongside them that is very similar in a lot of ways to the the us model but has a lot of differences that are right for the for the road travel in the uk so we put in air conditioning into every room we've put in a, a bar and a restaurant that serves to residents a, you know a, a, a proper meal rather than some of the stuff that you might get or you might expect on on roadside services uh, in terms of fast food and, and grab and go options and um, we've put in a breakfast we've put in a, a, an ev park and charge um package where ev drivers can pre-book a a space in the car park with an overnight charger that is guaranteed for them to, to, to charge the car up and leave um, leave fully charged. That's a that's a big sort of anxiety, I think, at the moment for, for EV drivers that they would arrive at their accommodation and not have anywhere to charge. And if you've been on a long journey, that's a big problem. Um, 
Um, and you know, clearly, you know, there's a lot of investment that's gone into the bed experience, the the room experience, um, super fast Wi-Fi, all the things that we think will make a difference to people's stays on the road. Because you know, roadside accommodation is never about the destination. We are not the place that people ultimately end up at. We are there to facilitate a journey. So thinking about how how the hotel and uh, and sleep experience needs to weave into that that journey is is really important and. We've launched that hotel at Chester. It's been trading for eight or nine weeks now, and, and we're really excited by by the results. There's you know there's more to come, but that's been kind of the the big project that I've worked on in my uh, kind of three and a half years. And um, but yeah, Roadshow is, is is a great business and one that is is um, is about more than just hotels. You know, we are we're a huge franchise or a franchisee of, of McDonald's, Costa Coffee, WH Smiths, and a, and a host of other brands. Leon. Uh, and, and adding brands to that um, to, to give road travellers a really good stop experience. Um, and the hotels is, is a relatively small part of Roadchef, but has a big impact on on guests. They stay with us longer than you know our stop guests. Um, so hotels is, a, is, a, is an important part of it too. I just want to touch on that relationship um, with Wyndham. What you said there, obviously, it's a, you must have a great one to be chosen as the first operator for the for the Super Eight brand in the UK. Uh, what's key to that franchisee uh, relationship, and um, what, what what's yeah, what's the key to maintaining a good one and and making sure you're both getting like the best out of out of that situation? Yeah, I, I can't really speak highly enough about Wyndham. They've been they've been great with me. They've been great with us, and we've worked really collaboratively in in this process and in others um we are one of two of their sort of two or three main franchisees in in the uk um so we we get a lot of ability to talk to them about the things that we're experiencing and and i suppose communication i think is probably the the most important of um most important element of that conversation and that relationship that we tell them what we're thinking we we try and listen to them about what they're thinking what they're seeing and um, it's two it's two different perspectives on the same business. Um, they know a huge amount about the industry uh, uh, and about operating hotel brands. Um, so we, you know, we we of course want to to learn from them, and but we also have the ability to 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 tell them what we're experiencing on the sort of on the coalface and that, that how how we can work with them to improve the brands that they that they have, the way that we we operate them, and and the the experience that that guests have at the end of the day. Um, they provide us with a fantastic rewards program. Winning rewards is is really powerful, and we have a lot of guests that stay on that, and we're, we're you know, fully supportive of of all the initiatives that that they put alongside that. And you know, I mean, for, for a lot of people, Wyndham is not necessarily a household name. Um, I, I would imagine that they know the brands of of Days Inn and and Ramada, and and hopefully in in <laughs> in time to come, Super Eight. Um, you know, they they are very uh, very North American focused in a lot of ways, but the the EMEA region that we we work with are are very receptive to the ideas that we have and how we want to add value to our business by working with them and their business and and that partnership I suppose that's the that's the key word isn't it it's doing it in partnership um, and we've worked with them throughout you know from from a relationship perspective through to their architecture design and construction team to their brand teams to their marketing teams and they've all really got behind us on on our ambition. Um, and you know we can't do what we want to do without their support and, and vice versa I suppose you know we are the the, the people um, like others in you know other, other franchisees who can who can really make a difference with investment and development so 
yeah, it's, it's a great partnership and one that I hope will, will grow and develop and we can make a really good fist of Super 8 and, and give them opportunities with it because, you know, that's that will that will benefit us in the future too. Mm. I just kind of want to get into a bit of the nitty-gritty of launching that first site. How did you come upon choosing the location that you ended up doing? And also, what was it like becoming the first of something in that? Was there any kind of challenges that you weren't maybe expected getting to know the brand i know obviously it's well established in the us um but uh, adopting it to the uk were there any other kind of change changes and challenges that you had to consider yes huge amounts so site selection was a whole stage in the process um there were a number of factors that we took into account um, location is clearly a really important one we operate in 17 hotels but in 16 15 different markets we have a couple that are relatively close to each other picking the right market to to launch the first one was really important um chester as a location for us has uh it has a bit of everything it's got a really strong leisure uh, demand with chester races with cheshire oaks shopping um village um ellesmere port attractions that it's on the road to sort of north wales and all the holiday destinations up there there's, there's manchester there's liverpool there's Chester itself is a, is a real big draw. It's also got industry close by, some um, you know, Ellesmere Port, Runcorn, Elton nearby. So lots going on on there too. So we felt that it had the opportunity to appeal to our core markets. And, and I suspect that all roadside operators have a very similar sort of group of people. It's a really broad spectrum of guests, but, um, but it, it kind of worked for us uh, on a really wide ranging basis. Some of our sites are very leisure focused. They are very seasonal. Chester isn't one of them. Um, for us, it's a roundabout site. So it exists slightly off the motorway, which means you can get to it from all, all angles. We have other sites that are what we would call inline. You have to be on the motorway. You have to come off the motorway in the you know, traditional service area space. And that's a little bit more limiting to, to getting people to it. And, and, um, so that was one those sorts of sites we may look at in the future. Um, and we felt that we had the ability to grow in the market. Um, you know, the, the idea of Super 8 is, is to maintain it as a, as, a, as a budget brand. The idea isn't to do anything, you know, super special with it. It's just offering really good value at a sort of an elevated price point with, with better arguments. See, clearly, that's why we, we invest. We want, to, we want to do more, but offer more for guests. And we felt that that market had, had, um, had an opportunity to do that. Um, Bringing the first of something is 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 empowering and and challenging at the same time. There's no blueprint. There's no here's how we did it before. Here's how it operates elsewhere. Yes, we looked at America and Germany and and Wyndham's other um, iterations, but we wanted to do something that was different, um, not unrecognisable. Quite the opposite. We wanted it to be very recognisable, but just taking the American model or the German model wouldn't we felt to be the best for the for the british guest you know we're very heavily domestic um you know clearly everybody who stays in our hotels has driven there by car and that is that means that you know international or non-domestic guests aren't a particularly high proportion of what we see um so yeah without a blueprint we we had a lot of space to 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 work up our own ideas and that that started you know around a table with um some hopefully very clever minds thinking about what that what that could be we kind of drew, drew those up into an idea that we then took to, to research. We we did a lot of internal research, you know, within the business, some sort of research with our existing guests, 
um, and then research with people who weren't our guests because clearly we want to grow the appeal and, and therefore you've got to be prepared to to attract people who maybe aren't considering you at, at present. So you know, speaking to thousands of people who stay in budget hotels but maybe don't consider roadside or haven't stayed in one of our hotels or, or similar previously and really understanding what is great for them what what are the reasons that they would consider or do stay in roadside accommodation what are the things that make it um positive for them but also hearing what doesn't work for them and what are the reasons that we need to overcome to to make it a better stay or or not even a better stay necessarily but to to put you in the consideration set and we learned some things that we weren't expecting and a lot of it reaffirmed what we kind of felt we already knew so the idea with the building the proposition was to have something that delivered on all of the stuff that people say they really like, you know, convenience, high value, great staff experience, clearly you know, cleanliness, comfort and, and all those sorts of things, but, but making uh, a really conscious effort to overcome some of the negative elements so that what you're ending up with is something that is, you know, a no brainer. Why wouldn't you choose to stay there? Um, and you know, certainly the early indications from guest reviews and guest feedback is, they really like it and that's great you know that's that's brilliant um clearly with the first of something awareness is is growing it's you know one hotel in chester is 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 not going to um is not going to attract everybody in every market nationwide not that we would need to at the moment but um growing that that awareness in a in a competitive market at chester there's a lot of uh, a lot of brands there a lot of good operators and and we've got to cut through on on these things, and and that's a you know a challenge that we were we were well up for, and with Wyndham support in getting the name of the brand out there. Um, but it, I, again, it's been really empowering to have that freedom to to design what we think is right and what we think is going to work. And clearly, there will be some tweaks as we go, and refining um, what in theory we thought was going to work into what in practice really does work, and taking you know good to great and 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 further and and clearly fixing a couple of niggles along the way, but that was to be expected. Um, but yeah, now that we've got one, it's, it's a great, it's a great springboard to then kind of consider for, for another site that we're in, in active um, plans for that we hope we will launch spring next year. Um, and, and then the rest is, you know, the rest is, is really mm. exciting. I guess it's like a, it's a great kind of learning opportunity to, you know, put forward and in, into future locations and, and, you know, even if it is far in the future, different brands, etc. Um, but I'm quite interested to find out how you balance that with, within Roadchef itself, what's the communication and kind of the crossover with the traditional kind of Roadchef offering and the motor, um, stops and, um, kind of how, how that happens. And if there are any challenges, obviously I'm sure you're relationships with people at Roach have a great and, and kind of working day to day but is there any other time where you know you're kind of uh, not necessarily an offshoot but not what the main kind of offerings known for what's that like it, you're right it is different I mean um, the core business is is catering retail grocery hotels are a bit different to that they have different performance metrics they have different experiences that are required to operate them but broadly speaking hospitality is is kind of applies across all of that right it's it's people it's guests it's process and and we have some really 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 good operators who know how to do all of that and that's really important in our business that we've got people who are able to understand from a generalist perspective but also from a specialist perspective and my team and I are other specialists and we've got to make sure that we're helping the generalists to 
to understand how to operate their hotel business alongside their McDonald's business, alongside their Costa business, alongside their Leon business, alongside their, their WH Smith and Spa business. Um, and that is, of course, a challenge, but an exciting one. Um, we work really closely as sort of heads of function. So the, the, you know, my, my colleagues who look after retail and grocery or, or catering or, or marketing or, or other areas of the business, we have to work really closely to ensure that we, we are aligned on the key things that are going to impact the way that sites operate or the way that we communicate our offer or um, you know, the, the general <clears throat> guest or customer experience. Um, that is one of the really powerful parts of our business is being seamless for for that that guest that customer in in that in the way that they transact with us so having really siloed conversations does not work um and it's very easy to get drawn into that i suppose or or or, or stumble into that through kind of just being really focused on your own area but you know i try to keep myself as as abreast of what's going on in other areas of the business as I try to keep those other people abreast of what we're doing and um you know hotels is is somewhere that maybe hasn't had a a lot to shout about for a while it's you know it's it's operated really well but from a development perspective we've been waiting for this um this sort of super eight um focus and now that we have got something to shout about everybody is really excited and that's great it's great to have a buzz around hotels um and and all the you know the, the teams are really excited about about what's going on which is yeah a great feeling to have but it, it, yeah of course it's a challenge in, in a very multifaceted business to have everybody understand everything about every every area of the business but that's yeah again it's about communicating in a way that people understand and um and i think it benefits it benefits them too because in a you know if, if you were a if you were a quick service food operator and that's all you did, you wouldn't ever have you know exposure to hotel metrics, how hotels operate, and, and vice versa. So I think it's it's great for everybody to have those different areas of the business to to get involved in. Perfect. Um Dan, I think we've kind of covered main bases of everything um that I was wanting to find out about Roadshift there. And hopefully, you know, for our listeners, they've been able to glean something that um, you know, they can relate to their own business, even if that's a may say um unconventional locations i'm sure it applies to all type of, of businesses um i just wanted to move on now to what we call our almost our desert island disc style um segment where we get to find out more about you as a person kind of your personality um i was wondering if you could tell me what your favorite book is i don't get enough time to read i wish <laughs> i had more time to read and it's, it's sort of a, a luxury in a way that is normally on holiday and <clears throat> around a swimming pool that i haven't done for a while but um the the books that I would probably take with me are um, Rebus novels by Ian Rankin, um, the the Scottish detective. Which I, there's just something about Rebus that that grabs me. So, and it, I think that yeah, the writing style is great too. So, um, that that would be what I'd take. Yeah, I think I'm a bit of a sucker for a murder kind of mystery as well. Um, what about your favourite film? Do you get time for those? Yes, and that's a really <laughs> that's a really difficult question um, because it yeah obviously it depends on the mood you're in, who you're watching it with, the, the context that you're around. And I've, I, I listen to Desert Island Disc quite a lot on the road. That's one of the podcasts I would listen to. And I always find it really, I, I'm envious of people who can pinpoint <laughs> one one film. Um, I would probably go with The Life of Brian. Monty Python mm. is a, I'm a big fan of Monty Python and it's sort of timeless and it makes me, it makes me giggle even, you know, whatever it is, 40 years on from... Yeah, it's one you can watch like over and over. You can, 50th time, it's still, like, still almost funny. as fun as the first still time you've watched you. it. Yeah. 
Um, so this can we open this up to it can be in your personal life or, or business. Uh, what would you say is your biggest pet hate? Um, manners are really important to me. Uh, I have two young children who um, are probably sick to death of me telling them to you know, please and thank you. But just basic manners, I think, would be my biggest pet, pet hate. Though recently I've developed a bit of a hatred for disposable plastic pint glasses. Um, uh. Not because I've been drinking lots out of them necessarily, <laughs> but I just feel this, I get it, you know, the, from a safety perspective, but it really winds me up drinking out of those. I always have a bit of a, a guilty one for um, paper straws, like getting rid of the plastic straws. I know how the good rubbish. it is for the environment, but they're just they terrible. Rubbish. So yeah, I can definitely get on that. Um, your, I know you say you don't get too much time, but favourite holiday destination? Um recent destinations spent a bit of time in Dubai and Singapore and Bali and they they are stunning places for very very different reasons but the one place that I would that is kind of top of the return list is Sri Lanka and if mm-hmm. if you've never been um the the differences between the the coastal towns to the cities and and up into the mountains it is just gorgeous um so that is hopefully somewhere I will head back to mm-hmm. Um, who was your idol or someone that inspired you when you were growing up? I'm not sure that there's one person that I would be able to point to, if I'm honest. I suppose you're all, you, I look back on childhood and, and whilst, of course, you know, parents and family are, are really important and will always be really important. You know, there, are, there are teachers that I had that I I I think were really impactful on, on me growing up and, so, you know, instilling some of the values that I have today and, um, I don't think there's any sort of uh, celebrities or, or public figures that I would say I would I would call sort of really impactful. But yeah, certainly some people in my education um, and and family have have been really important. But um, yeah, there's no point in me naming them because nobody knows them. <laughs> um, what? Where do you kind of see yourself in in five years' time? Be that personally uh, in business, what, what kind of do you want? You know, you, you want to look at forward, where would you want to be? Um, I suppose going back to that point earlier, I don't really have a career plan. Um, I, I'm really, really enjoying my time at Roadchef and, and I see no reason why I would not be working for Roadchef in five years' time. There's some really, really exciting stuff that's going on in, in development terms, in hotels and in other areas of the business. As I said earlier, we, we're we at the forefront of the electrification of the highway and that will bring some real change to our business um, and what I think we will be experiencing in five years' time um, as a result of that, uh, and you know, longer out, I think there's a there's a big change curve coming in, in how people use our sites, how people use our hotels, how people use our uh, our facilities. Um, that will certainly be keeping me very very interested and busy. I suspect for for some time to come. But you know, like everybody, there's ambition there to to continue to add value in whatever it is, whatever it is you do. Um, you know, the moment you feel stale or bored or, or or not adding value is the time to to reassess whether you need some new challenges um in in whatever shape or form that that comes but they're certainly going to be on offer on on um with, with Rochef and um, and what we've got coming up so um I'll, I'll have to let you know <laughs> um and finally uh what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received um i think Whilst I'm not a huge fan of sort of just saying yes to everything or, you know, the customer's always right, all those sorts of things. I think that, you know, somebody once told me to, to always try and say yes 
and, and trying to say yes is the important bit, but it's not always going to work. And but but having an optimistic view or a how can I make this work? How can I do what you kind of need? Or um, clearly that needs to be balanced with you're not overloading things or, or biting off more than you can chew or or whatever. But having a positive outlook, I think, is is really powerful. And and trying to find a way to make things happen um, often opens my eyes to <clears throat> things that I might not have thought were possible. And just closing things down immediately, um, I struggle with. So, so I like to try and say yes. But and, and the other thing is is being proud of what you do. That that is something that is really important to me. For for me, for people around me, for my teams, for 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 others is take pride. If you're going to do something, do it properly and, and put your name to it. And kind of those two things combined, I, I hope means that um, whatever you put your name to is 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 high quality, makes a difference, and and adds value. I think what's kind of telling of those as well that both of them work equally as well in personal life as, yeah. as in business, yeah. which is, you know, a, a sign of great advice, I think. Um, Dan, thank you very much for joining us. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Checking In, a weekly podcast from Hotel Owner, the UK's trusted source of hotel industry news and analysis. If you like the podcast, make sure to subscribe on whichever podcast platform you listen to. To get more industry insight, head to hotelowner.co.uk and subscribe for unlimited access. If you're interested in sponsoring episodes of the podcast, drop us a line at podcast at hotelowner.co.uk.